Hello and welcome to Life Beneath the Shallows, a place to explore all parts of ourselves in this human experience. I'm your host, Naya Lipman, a 21-year-old musician, yogi, and holistic health enthusiast. And my mission for this podcast is to cultivate authenticity and vulnerability in a world that deeply needs it. I am here to create space for more realness and connection online. Join me weekly as I navigate the world of health, self-development, and spiritual embodiment. Now let's get into this week's episode. Grief is something that reminds us of the uncertainty that life carries. It gets us to rethink everything that we care about. It gets us to reprioritize where we put our focus. What do we end up doing with our lives? And I think that it reminds us that our existence is temporary we have to really break it down. Like, what am I going to do with my next hour, my next day, my next week? Because as much as we'd love to plan for the future, it's not promised. You know, this is a heavy topic, right? It can make us feel really depressed. It can give us a sense of hopelessness. But something that I've been learning in the past couple weeks and something I've been reflecting on is that grief can also help us to really enjoy life, to really savor like the moments that we have with our loved ones to take each day and be grateful for it and have a richer experience of life because we know that one day we won't be here forever in this particular experience. And so I think that there's beauty and pain in in grief. It's messy and it's complicated and it deserves to be a topic. It deserves to have a seat at the table because it's something that we all experience. Hi guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Naya Lipman, and this is Life Beneath the Shallows, a space where we can really explore the topics that we don't talk about on a day-to-day basis. Today, I wanted to talk about grief and loss and, and of losing someone that you love, losing an animal, losing a friend, even grieving the identity of a past version of yourself that you are no longer. And so I recognize that this is a heavy topic. It's a topic that is triggering. Um, It's a topic that used to be very triggering for me. And so I honor those that might not want to discuss this. I understand. And, you know, my hope with this episode is to allow us to speak about it more openly, allow us to understand and navigate it better together. Because the last thing I want is for those who are grieving to feel alone and to feel like they don't have any resources or support. So this episode is going to be my five tips for navigating grief, and I will be sharing some experiences, some advice, and just talking about this subject that a lot of us tend to avoid, a lot of us are uncomfortable with. I know I have been uncomfortable with this topic, and I am working on allowing myself to be more open around the topic of death and grief because it's something that we all experience. It's something that we are all going to have to navigate in our lifetime. And so I'm the kind of person that would rather talk about it than wait till it happens and deal with it then. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate all of your support. And yep, let's just get right into it. There's no easy way to start an episode like this. Okay, so the main reason that I am creating an episode on grief today is I have been experiencing it very intensely the last, I would say, three weeks. I 
lost my family dog that I've had since I was nine years old. When we first moved to Maui, we got our little doggy Kaya at the Humane Society, and she has been my best pal ever since. And she died two weeks ago. And as I kind of knew it was coming, like I knew that she was older, but she wasn't showing signs of being sick till like the last couple weeks of her life. So it was very shocking. And, you know, I'm still a bit in, in shock from the situation. And, you know, a lot of people, especially if you're a dog lover, you think of your animal as part of your family. And so it feels like the loss of a family member and thinking about not being able to share any more experiences in this lifetime with her just makes me really sad and brought up a lot of feelings around grief. And the first person that I lost was my grandma and she was very close to our family. I've talked about it a little bit in the podcast, but I would see her all the time. She was very fluid in my life and I remember being 13, I think, when she passed and it was out of the blue. She wasn't sick. She had no health concerns um, and she died super suddenly. And so we were all very struck by the death of my grandmother. And the thing about grief that I wanted to note before we get deep into this episode is that it's something that will literally take your world and flip it upside down. And it feels a little hard to navigate because you look at things differently. You just aren't the same person. And that doesn't mean you'll never be happy again. It doesn't mean you won't experience joy. No, not at all. It just means that you oftentimes, when faced with the death of someone that was very close to you, you're not going to be able to return your daily activities right away. You know, you're going to be you're going to be affected. And so I wanted to offer these tools that I've been using to move through grief in my short time on earth so far here and what has worked for me because I feel like this is just something we don't talk about enough. Anyways, back to my current situation. My dog passed away two weeks ago and then we found out the the news of a death of a childhood friend that I had growing up here and at first I actually just didn't acknowledge it. I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't want to accept it. I didn't feel like I had the capacity to deal with another loss. And uh, especially since I'm moving right now and going through a big major life change, it just felt like this is too much. Like, why does this all have to happen all at once? And so there was a little bit of anger, right? We go through these stages of grief that I'm sure you've heard about. And I just didn't accept it. And once it finally landed that he was gone, my friend, Um, I was just overcome by so many different emotions, emotions of sadness, emotions of anger, emotions of sympathy for his family, and just feeling so terribly. I really just felt terrible for his family more so than myself because, you know, it's, it's hard to accept when someone dies, but it's even harder to accept when they die young and you feel like it's unfair, right? Like, how is that fair that people can die so young? And and the reality is that we don't know when we're going to die. We don't know when our family members are going to die. And we'd like to believe that everyone is going to live a long and happy life. And that's just not the case. And I think until we accept that, we are in denial of life itself. And I'm not saying we should be thinking about death every day because then we wouldn't feel 
then we wouldn't necessarily be able to maintain states of positivity, right? And excitement and joy. But by having it in mind that we are not here forever in this particular dimension, in this life experience, it gives us this importance to to our lives and it makes us question what's really important to us. It makes us think about what really matters. What do I want to do with my time here? And I think grief shows us that in a lot of ways. Experiencing these two these two losses in the last month has been reminding me that I really want to do work around grief for others. I want to help in some way and I don't know what that's going to look like but I know that I have this platform and I know that I have this podcast and so the first step is sharing what I know and in hopes that somebody can relate and in hopes that this hits the right people. Grief is something that reminds us of the uncertainty that life carries. It gets us to rethink everything that we care about. It gets us to reprioritize where we put our focus. What do we end up doing with our lives? And I think that it reminds us that our existence is temporary. We have to really break it down. Like, what am I going to do with my next hour, my next day, my next week? Because as much as we'd love to plan for the future, it's not promised. You know, This is a heavy topic, right? It can make us feel really depressed. It can give us a sense of hopelessness. But something that I've been learning in the past couple weeks and something I've been reflecting on is that grief can also help us to really enjoy life, to really savor like the moments that we have with our loved ones, to take each day and be grateful for it and have a richer experience of life because we know that one day we won't be here forever in this particular experience. And so I think that there's beauty and pain in in grief. It's messy and it's complicated and it deserves to be a topic. It deserves to have a seat at the table because it's something that we all experience. So the main thing that I wanted to get across in this episode is that there's no right way to grieve. Everybody's grief looks different. Everybody's grief is on a different timeline. And the loss that we experience is never going to be fully shared because it's unique to us. You know, we had our own unique relationship to that person and it's different for everyone. But there are certain things that we can do to navigate it together, to be there for others who are grieving. And I just wanted to kind of give some tools, give some applicable action steps that you could take if you are grieving someone or if somebody that you love is grieving the loss of someone. Few of us will make it through life without losing someone we love. Grief, it's been said, is the cost of love. And I like this statement because it, it, it's painful, but it's true. If we want to experience love, in a lot of ways, we are going to have to make the sacrifice of experiencing loss. And that is the, the beautiful joke, the cosmic joke that is life. We experience happiness because we've been sad. We experience the cold because we've been warm. We experience joy because we've been depressed and Um, I think that when we can recognize that and know that it's not going to last forever, that there is a duality in life, then we're able to see things from a bigger picture. It doesn't necessarily fix everything, but it gives us perspective. And when you can have perspective, you can easily move through life, in my opinion. I wanted to first talk about 
how to deal with somebody that is grieving. So if you're on the other side, if you're like, I don't know what to do. My best friend just lost her mom or, or, you know, somebody that, you know, just lost someone they love. I found some things, um, off of Harvard of what to do, what you can do when somebody is grieving. And the first thing that they wrote is to name names. Don't be afraid to mention the deceased. It won't make your friend any sadder, although it may prompt tears. It's terrible to feel that someone you love will be forever gone from your memory or the conversation. So saying how much you'll miss the person is actually much better than not bringing them up at all. So sometimes we want to avoid things in conversation that are uncomfortable, but so essentially don't be afraid to say their name, to talk about them, to talk about what you remember about them. If anything, it's actually reminding that person that they will be remembered, that they're not going to be forgotten. And I think that that's really important and that um, one of the things that we get afraid of when we lose someone is that we're going to miss their presence in our life. And if we can keep somebody's memory alive, we can essentially keep that relationship to them alive. And I think that's really beautiful. The second thing that Harvard was writing about is not to ask, how are you? Because the obvious answer is they're not doing good, especially if they just lost someone. They're not going to be able to respond to that question in a positive way. And it might honestly make them feel like you aren't taking the time to ask a better question than how are you? You know, it's our natural response. We want to understand how they're feeling, but there's other things to say. And something that would be better to say is, how are you feeling today? You know, things like that get specific because how are you is just, is it's going to be a hard question for them to answer. It's more complex than good or not good. Another thing that they wrote was to offer hope. People who have gone through grieving often remember that it is the person who offered reassuring hope, the certainty that things will get better, who helped them make the gradual passage from pain to a renewed sense of life. But it says to be careful because being too positive and saying something like, oh, things will get better, you'll get through this, can often make that person feel like you're not validating their feelings in the moment. So one thing you could say is you will grieve for as long as you need to, but know that you are a strong person and you will find your way through this. This remark both acknowledges that there's no quick and easy solution. And it also affirms that your confidence that things will improve and that the person can make it through this, that they're strong and resilient. And, you know, I would go as far as to say that people don't need hope right away maybe a little bit through their grieving process, it's good to give them some positivity and, and hope. But at, in the beginning of grief, you have to be very careful with what you say to someone because they are fragile, they are vulnerable, and a lot of things could potentially off-put them in that moment. You know, They're not thinking clearly. They're thinking from a place of deep sadness and, and mental kind of despair if you think about it. Next thing that they wrote was to reach out call to express your sympathy, try to stay clear of phrases like this is God's will or this happened for the best. Reaching out is so important. It often feels hard to reach out because you too might be grieving the same loss. And I know for me, um, it was not easy to go and attend this, this celebration of life, this funeral. I didn't want to do it because it felt too hard, but I think that reaching out shows your appreciation and your respect and your support for that person. That even though it's hard to do, that you're there and that you'll be there for that person in whatever way is necessary, even if you don't know what that looks like yet. 
And the other thing that they wrote was to help out. So don't just ask if you can do anything for them. They probably won't know what they need in the beginning. The best thing you can do is be specific. Offer food, bring them dinner, or start to help clean their space because they're probably not going to be focused on those things and, and it will help alleviate some of the stresses you know, that they're experiencing. So the last thing that I pulled from this Harvard article was to avoid judgment. Your friend's life and emotional landscape have changed enormously, possibly forever. You may wish that he or she would move on, but you cannot speed the process of their grief up. So avoiding judgment to me means realizing that you do not know how long this is going to take for your friend. You do not know what's the best thing for them in the moment. All you can do is be there in a neutral, loving way. And, you know, make sure to take care of yourself too so that you can offer that space to your friend. And if you can't, then it's better to not be around them than to try to be constantly fixing or try to help that person in a way that's not going to be beneficial to them. So these are just some things that I pulled on how to assist somebody when they're grieving. And now I want to get into ways that if you're grieving a loss, if you're experiencing grief, that you can help yourself. So these are my five tips on how to navigate through grief. Okay, so you've just lost someone that you love, a friend, an animal, a parent, and you're going through the stages of grief. What are they? The first stage of grief is denial. So oftentimes when somebody dies, especially if it's a shock to us, we're in denial. Our brains can't comprehend that that person is gone. And so we experience this stage of denial for as long as as really it takes for it to settle in that that person is no longer here. And then it moves into anger. So the, by the way, these stages don't always happen in one order. You could definitely be angry first and then go into denial. So I'm just listing them as I found them um, online, but these can definitely be unique to each person's experience with grief. So the second one is anger. So anger is going to be frustration, feelings that this is not fair, anger maybe at yourself, anger at that person, you know, so many different feelings of anger during this time. And then it moves into bargaining. And so bargaining is where we try to live in the past um, or the future. We try to to do anything but be in the present. So we're kind of in an avoidant stage. And then it moves into depression. So oftentimes when we lose someone we love, we become depressed. We don't see any joy in life anymore, especially if it's someone that's really close to us. We don't want to we don't want to do anything. We don't want to do our normal things. And why would we, right? We feel hopeless. We feel this place of deep, deep sadness. And after depression comes acceptance. And so acceptance is, is, I would say, the final stage of grief that we all want to experience. But the sad thing is that a lot of people don't ever reach this stage, you know? And I think the reason that we don't reach acceptance is because we don't talk about grief enough and we don't make it known how to get through grief. We don't help each other. It's such a hard topic, right? It's such a triggering topic for us. And for a lot of people, they've never even talked about death with their family. And they don't, they don't bring it up. And it's just a very closed off subject. And so I think that one of the ways that we can accept grief more and accept the loss of a person is if we normalize the fact that everybody is going to die. That we don't have control over that. And that... We all need to get better at this process so that we can enjoy our lives and live more fulfilling lives. So those are the five stages of grief. It's denial, anger, bargaining, 
depression, and then acceptance. So these are stages that we attempt to process the change and protect ourselves while we're basically adopting to a new reality. Because once some, someone leaves our life, especially if they were really important to us, our reality is not the same and it won't be because that person, you know, we, we influence each other. We have a big influence on each other's lives. And so you have to learn how to live without that person in a physical form in your life. You know, this episode could be several episodes broken down and I do want to talk about this more on this podcast because it's such an important topic to me and it's something I feel like we need to be more transparent about, especially in media and especially in everyday conversation so that we're not avoidant, we're not in denial that death is part of life. And so moving into what has helped me and obviously I'm still navigating this and figuring it out but these are just things that I feel are important when navigating grief so the first one that I wrote is you need to let yourself feel and what I mean by this is you need to cry you need to sleep you need to scream you need to write you need to feel every emotion that comes up for you because once you can start to get underneath those emotions, you'll be able to allow them to move through you. If we don't let ourselves feel those emotions, if we shut them off, if we're in denial, if we don't feel safe to have those emotions, then they're going to go somewhere. And oftentimes when we don't feel our feelings, they get stuck in our body and in our energy centers. And then we have later issues in life, such as disease, illness, we get triggered, we have ailment in the body so like in reality it's way better to feel your emotions as they come up than to avoid them and think you can deal with it later because later never comes and then you end up paying for it in different ways because the body remembers what does this look like it means setting a timer on your phone for 10 minutes 15 minutes an hour to just cry to be in a safe space where you feel like you can allow yourself to have emotions And be sad because it is sad and you're allowed to feel sad. You're allowed to feel sad as many times as you need when you're losing someone that you love and that you cared about. And even if you had a complicated relationship with the person, you're still allowed to feel sad. Allow yourself to feel whatever emotions come up for you and be observant because those things are important later on and and it's really healthy to allow yourself to express emotion through crying you know, obviously in a safe setting where you're not hurting anyone else, you know, hitting your pillow, writing down all your emotions, you know, when you're grieving someone, things will set you off, things will trigger you. And so if you are in the parking lot at Costco and you get triggered by something that reminds you of that person, you know, it's okay to sit in your car and cry until you don't have any tears left to cry. If I'm being honest, before this experience in the last couple of weeks, I didn't really, I didn't, I don't feel like I allow myself to fully feel my emotions. I feel like at a certain point I cut myself off and I say, that's enough. I need to get back to my life. And it's like a protective mechanism. And that worked for me to be able to stay productive, but it, it cut me off from a lot of emotions and made me feel very disconnected from myself. So In short terms, it's better to let yourself feel as it comes up than to put it off and think that you're going to deal with it at some later time. The second thing I wrote is talk to a professional, talk to a grief counselor, talk to a therapist who is trained in navigating grief. 
talk to someone who can hold space for you, maybe go to a grief support group. Especially if you've never experienced loss or you don't have that support around you, it's important to reach out for help. And it's important to have someone who can help you guide you through this because you don't have to do it alone. The third thing I wrote was to celebrate the person, the identity, whatever you're grieving, celebrate their lives, you know, and in my family, instead of funerals, we have celebrations of life. And I really like that because it, it's, of course, you're going to be sad. Of course, you're going to cry. But that person deserved to be celebrated. Their lives and all their accomplishments and their presence and their energy deserves to be celebrated. And so it's important to have rituals. It's important that we have exchanges of energy so that we mark these times in our lives, in my opinion. And so I really recommend finding time to celebrate that person. And even if it's your own celebration with you and a friend and you go down to the ocean or a river and you spread flowers and you talk to that person and you remember the good times that you had with them, those are important things that we have to do when we're grieving. And it'll help you to feel some closure. And the next thing I wrote, the fourth thing is find something to believe in. Find anything you can believe in after death, whether that's God, whether that's spirit, whether that's source, whether that's energy, whether it's reincarnation, whatever you find through your own spiritual path. And what I mean by spiritual path is your journey to believing in something greater than we live and we die and that's it, right? I think that it's very important for us to have something to believe in because if we don't, then we're left feeling meaningless. We don't see meaning to our existence. And if you don't feel like you have meaning in your life, then that's going to lead to feeling depressed, feeling anxious, and not having a fulfilling, happy life. So when I say find something to believe in, I'm not pushing any agenda on you or telling you you need to go find God in a church. I'm saying from what I've witnessed, people that have faith, people that have something to believe in after death, they experience greater ease during their life here. And, you know, it's going to look different for everyone. This is not an easy subject, but if you can find something that resonates with you in your core, that you feel genuinely, authentically connected to, that will help you get through these times of grief and loss because you will start to develop an idea of what you believe personally happens after death, whether it's reincarnation, whether it's heaven, whether it's transcending into this beautiful light energy that we all are in my opinion whatever it is it it will help you to to find some peace and so I think I'm going to make another episode on that specifically but the fourth thing is to find something that you believe in and to search out um, some sort of spiritual connection because that will help you to find peace and maybe you already have and so maybe you dive more into that and you go to your spiritual practices and you go to those things and those places that will help you feel better. Like personally, when I talk to my mom about spirit and source and God, I feel better. And during this time of grief that I've been experiencing, the times that I felt better is when I talk to her about it and talk to her about what life looks like after death and what she believes. And and it, it gives me greater peace to know that that I can believe in something, you know, whether it's true for you or not, what, what feels good to me will help me to get through that, right? 
And so the last thing that I wrote was talk about it, express, verbalize what you're going through, whether it's with a grief group, whether it's with friends that you trust, you know, it's super important to find people that actually are able to hold space for you because if we dump our feelings onto someone who isn't, it can actually feel worse than sharing at all, right? So find people that you feel safe with and share what you're going through and let let them know that, you know, even though it's been maybe three, four months, maybe a year, you still miss that person and that you want to be able to talk about them and remember them so that you don't feel like, you know, that person was forgotten. Because the thing about grief is it gets easier over time, but it's still there. It's not something that we fix. It's not a problem that we solve. It's an experience that we're constantly navigating at different stages. And I think if we can acknowledge that, that it's not something that's ever going to really go away, but it's something we're going to get better at handling and navigating, then I think we find greater peace with loss and death. And so if you're listening to this episode and you've been experiencing grief lately, I am so deeply sorry for for the loss of whatever you're grieving. And I, I can deeply relate, I can deeply resonate and just know that you're not alone, that I am always here, that there's always people in your corner that you can get support from. You know, on a spiritual level, there is an energy that you can tap into at all times, in my opinion that will help you get through it. And so diving into your your spiritual practices, whatever that looks like unique to you is so, so important. And if you like this episode, if you want to hear more about grief and you think that this is a discussion that needs to be continued, please give me some reflection on the episode. And the last things I wanted to say were some things that you can say to someone when they experience loss and the things that you shouldn't say. A couple of things you can say to someone when they experience grief. Number one, very simple, I'm so sorry for your loss. Number two, I wish I had the right words. Please know that I care and that I'm here for you no matter what. Sometimes we don't have the right words and so even just saying that is super authentic. I don't know what to say right now, but just know that I love you and I'm so sorry. You know, and and that's authentic and I think that's better than trying to make up something that you don't really know why you're saying that. Another couple things that you can say is, I'm here for you. And to be specific, if there's anything I can do for you, I'm here no matter what. And then you ask them for specifics, you know, can I make you food? Can I make you dinner? Can I call anyone on your behalf? Can I set anything up for you? Those are important things that you can do for someone when they're grieving. And then another thing you can ask is, is do you want to talk about what happened? Some people might not. And so it's good to ask, are you open to talking about this right now? Or do you want me to just sit with you, you know? So just being present in that person's life is all that you really need to do. Having a loving presence is such a beautiful thing. And we can often get uncomfortable because we want to fix, we want to solve because it makes us uncomfortable. But the best thing, the selfless thing to do is to just be there, be there for that person in your presence. And if you don't have anything to say, just don't say anything and just sit there with them. On to some things not to say. How are you doing? You'll be okay after a while. I understand how you feel. That's a, that's a good one because oftentimes we want to relate to people, right? We want to be like, oh, I just experienced loss too. And then we start talking and it becomes about us and not them. So as much as we want to relate and we think that's going to help the person, it actually ends up taking off 
the energy from their feelings and kind of invalidating what, what they're going through. And so it's okay if you want to bring up that you've experienced that too, but just know that everyone's experience is unique and and that this is about them right now and that's all your job is to do is to just hold space. Another thing you shouldn't say is something like, please stop crying, <laughs> you shouldn't feel that way, they're in a better place, something like that. You know, it's something that naturally we want to say like, like, oh, they're in a better place, but that doesn't help the person here on earth because all they're thinking of is I don't get to see that person anymore, right? So just some things that are, you know, there's no judgment here because it's so hard to talk to someone when they've experienced loss. And that's why I'm giving you some of these like guiders on what to say and what not to say so that you just feel like you have a little bit of preparedness going into it because I don't think we ever have really learned this, right? We all say those things that are like standard but not really always careful and considerate of that person who's grieving. The last thing I wanted to know is that no one really knows how to deal with death. No one really knows how to deal with the grief and loss. We all just do our best. And I think it's something worthy of talking about more often. No one should ever have to feel alone. And I feel that we all experience it one way or another in life. And so my hope is that one day we can all navigate it together in a way that feels authentic, in a way that feels supportive, so that no one ever has to feel lonely or misunderstood in their grief. Now, naturally, we're going to feel lonely in life, but I believe that we have a choice and that we don't have to stay in that feeling that there's always going to be someone if we reach out for help. So if you're experiencing grief and you need people, just know that there are always people out there. I'm here. There are support groups. There are resources for you that I will leave in the show notes below. I hope that this episode resonated with some of you and let me know if you'd like to continue this discussion on grief and loss. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week and stay tuned for next week's episode.